The portion of God's Word that we will focus our attention on this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It happens to me more often than I'd like to admit, and I'm guessing it happens to you too. One moment, it's in your hand. And what seems like a mere moment later, you can't find it. You have no idea where it is. But you just had it. It was just right here. Where could you have possibly placed it? It's been happening to me more and more the last few years, right around this time of year, where we transition from the many, 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 many months where phone and keys and wallet are found in my pants pockets or my shorts. And then I start wearing a coat. And funniest thing happens every year. I start putting those things in my coat pockets. And then without fail, usually the first day that I wear a coat, there's this frantic moment where I am searching everywhere. I cannot find My phone, I can't find my keys. I can't find my wallet. Where could they be? (laughs) Coat pocket. It's become pretty predictable for me to the point where when it happened this year, and it did just a few weeks ago, I realized pretty quickly what was going on. The predictability of my forgetfulness had begun to help me find the missing things faster. Old Testament prophecies served a practical purpose for God's people. The prophecies about the Messiah, the the predictions about him, helped God's people identify the Christ when he came, but they also would help him identify who was not the Christ. They were intended so that when the Christ came, the people would see this is him. It's not this guy, it's not that guy, it's... It's this one. In our text, we see 
Jewish leaders sending called workers, church workers, the priests and the Levites, to John the Baptist to ask him, who are you? He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. It's very interesting that it starts out that way. These leaders had come to him apparently with the thought that he might be the Christ. And that tells us something about what had happened with the prophecies. But the leaders in, in the church at the time of John the Baptist, they had the prophecies, the, the predictions of who the Christ would be and, and what he would be like. They had everything they needed to identify him. And yet they were clearly looking for the wrong kind of Christ. Because here's John out in the wilderness attracting large crowds and they're thinking, this guy, he could be the one. And John says, no, 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 I am not the one that the prophecies pointed to. I am not the Christ. Well, they want to know who he is. So they continue. Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? So they got two other guesses. Okay, so you say you're not the Christ. How about Elijah? How about the prophet? Let's start with the prophet because that was one of our texts for today. Through Moses, God promised his people that he was going to send a a human Messiah. If they hadn't understood it by that time, God wanted them to to make sure that it was absolutely clear, it's going to be from one of your brothers. I'm going to raise up another prophet greater than than Moses. It was a prophecy about the Christ, once again. So when John the Baptist says, no, I'm not the Christ, no, I'm not the prophet, he's really saying the same thing. I, I am not the Christ. But then there's this Elijah question. And this one's interesting. We actually saw this last week. At the very end of the Old Testament, in Malachi chapter 4, at the very end of the book, very end of the Old Testament, through the prophet Malachi, God promised to send this one who would prepare the way for the Messiah, the second coming of Elijah. And Jesus himself tells us that John the Baptist was the fulfillment of that prophecy. That he was the one who came in the spirit of Elijah to prepare the way for the Christ. So why in the world, when they ask him, are you Elijah, why does he say, I am not? This is insight into how the Jewish leaders viewed the prophecies. Not just about the Christ, but about the forerunner for the Christ. They had that one mixed up too. They were looking for the second coming of Elijah to be someone that God never said he would be, to do something that God never said he would do. They were not looking for a prophet who would come and prepare the hearts of God's people for the coming of the Christ. And so if John the Baptist were to say, yep, I am Elijah, you got it, would have been to feed their false idea of who the forerunner would be and what the forerunner was going to do. So here John is saying, I'm I'm not the Christ, I'm not the prophet. I'm, I'm not the idea that you have in your mind of Elijah. Then, then who are you? Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John replies, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know. 
He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. In the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. John makes it very clear. He says, I am a voice. I'm a voice sent by God to prepare you for the coming Savior. And he's among you already. And you don't know him. Why? Why? Because all the prophecies that God had given so that they could not only identify who he was, but also who he was not, had fallen on deaf ears. They had begun to look for promises that God never made for a savior that God never promised. Christmas is almost here. Just a few days away. Less than a week. We'll light that center candle too. I'm sure you've been scurrying around, preparing yourself. This is the last week of Advent, so hopefully you're, you're done preparing. Usually our preparations start with putting up a tree and, and then maybe we add a little seasonal decor to the, every room in the house. The living room gets a few touches. The kitchen gets a few touches. The, maybe even the bathroom and the bedroom get a few touches to make it more Christmas-like. Maybe this week you realized that you've been focusing on things that really aren't what Christmas is about. Maybe this week you realized that you needed to focus once again on the real meaning of Christmas, Jesus. And so that's why you're here today, or that's why you're watching online. Maybe there was that realization this week that you've been focusing on all the wrong things, and so here you are. Or maybe that's not you at all. Maybe you've been focusing on Jesus the whole month of December, the whole month of November before that. Maybe you've been in God's word daily on your own and joining us for midweek services and weekend services, whether you're at home or, or, or here in person. You've been focusing on Jesus, the reason for the season, the whole season long, and that's why you're here. Because you want to continue to focus on the Christ, the reason for the celebration of Christmas. And so maybe you're thinking to yourself, what about me? What does this message have to say about me? I'm, I'm not like those Jewish people who, who forgot the Pharisees or who forgot the prophecies and couldn't identify the Christ, the, the ones who, who had him standing right in their midst and didn't recognize him. That's not, that's not me. Well, here's a little test to see if you've been perfectly preparing for Christmas. You ready? Can we say what is said about John the Baptist about you? About me? He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. And, and I'm not saying that you're running around saying you are the Christ. But are you running around saying, this is not the Christ? That is not the Christ. He is the Christ. I don't want you to take what I'm saying as 
Santa and elf-themed decorations are purely sinful. I'm not. And I don't want you to hear me say that secular winter-themed holiday decor is strictly forbidden. I'm not. But if a guest were to come over to your home and see the things that you've done to prepare for Christmas, the decorations that you've put up and the cookies that you've made and the music playing, would they be absolutely sure who is the Christ and that all the things around you are not? I like the commercials with the little children saying all the cute things, wishing everyone a a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays, but those children are not the Christ. There's those Coke commercials that come on year after year after year with the polar bears. They're not the Christ. Those songs that bring warmth and joy to our hearts because of the familiarity, but not because of the words, not because they say anything about sin, not because they say anything about a Savior. Well, those songs, they're not the Christ. We live in a world that has adopted our celebration. Now a world that's trying to distance itself from our celebration. It's not Merry Christmas anymore. It's Happy Holidays We could say happy holidays, right? Because there's more than one. There's New Year's too. But does your preparation, does my preparation, do the things that we do to get ready for Christmas, do they communicate, do they confess clearly, these things are not the Christ. It's not about the cookies. It's, It's not about the roast. It's not about the tree. It's not about the lights. It's not about the music. It's not about the family time. These things are not the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Do you, do you communicate that well? I know I often don't. I know that if you were to look at the pictures of my living room right now, if you were to look at the pictures of our family time, past Christmases, you might not get the idea that Christmas is all about Jesus. You might get the idea that Christmas is about me and my joy and my happiness and my family and the presents and all the things that we did to get ready, but it's not. And deep down, you know that. And yet so often, we don't do what John did. We don't confess freely and without pause who the Christ is and who the Christ is not. And this is why our text ends with verse 29 today. Because John's job to prepare the world for the promised Christ was not just to show the reality of sin. Oh, that was part of it. If you want to be ready for Christmas, you've got to see the reality of sin in your life. Even the fact that you and I don't prepare perfectly for Christmas. But then John came and he pointed at the one who is the Christ. And he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That means he takes away your sin. Because if he takes away the sins of the whole world, he definitely has taken away your sins and he's definitely taken away mine. Yeah, even the times that Christians like us don't always faithfully confess, here's the Christ. He's not over there. 
The Lamb of God takes away those sins too. He takes away every anxious thought. He takes away every worry. He takes away every fear. He takes away every sin you've committed already today, the ones you committed yesterday and last week. He takes them all away. And because he takes away the sins of the world, and because the Old Testament is full of promises that help us identify who he actually is and who he is not, we want to do exactly what John did. We want to make sure that everyone around us, whether it's close, close family, neighbors, or, or, or distant relatives who live far off, we want to make sure that they understand the Lamb of God who takes away our sin takes away the sin of the whole world. We want to make sure that everyone knows as we confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so my prayer for you this week, as Christmas draws near, as you gather together with those that you love, as you have opportunity to communicate with friends and relatives, that God will give you the strength to to be like John, to confess boldly and, and freely All these things around us are not the Christ, but here he is, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we live in a world where we are surrounded and distracted by so many things this time of year, so many traditions that bring joy to our hearts and smiles to our faces. So many wonderful, wonderful blessings from you. Help us to remember that all these things that we love are not the Christ. There is one Christ, your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to to remain focused on him this Christmas season. Help us to boldly, freely, and clearly confess that he, your Son, is the Christ, the Savior of the whole world. Help us also to confess clearly, that many things in our lives are not the Christ. Forgive us for the times that our preparations have, have failed to do this. And thank you for sending your Son to be our Savior from sin. Bless our celebration of our Savior's birth once again this year. In his name we pray. Amen.